0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. Hello, hello. Greg Hectus. Hey, everybody. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. And returning back to Tifosi, Will Gibson.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys?
0: And special guest, Alex Bergeron. Hello, guys. Hey, welcome. So today's special guest segment is brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Simulator products. Simulab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check out sim-lab.eu and search SimLab on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, David, uh, give us an update real quick on your Sim
2: Lab. Uh, my order is in and processed, and uh, they're supposed to ship it around June 10th to 15th. Did you get that cool mount, too? Um, it didn't show up on their pictures. It, had, it was more of an actual, it looks more like it was actually 80-20 pieces of profile. So, I don't care as long as it holds it. All right.
0: Well, Alex, let's jump in and talk to you a bit. Um, you've just come off a really big race, but first, let's talk about how did you get started in iRacing? When did you first hear the word iRacing, racing, and what did you do
3: about it? I was uh, way back in 2013 uh, when I was 13 years old. Uh, I read about it in the magazine, and you know, I really started from there. And you know, there was only the old you know, asphalt side back then, so you know, really was just doing asphalt stuff, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where it all started.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, tell us about your current hardware setup. What do you got for wheels, pedals, uh, how many monitors or is it VR?
3: Uh, yeah, right now I'm running a G29 Logitech wheel. Uh, it's working pretty well. It's been a long time since I got it, but, um, and for pedals, I got the, uh, MPPC pedals. Um, you know, it's, you know, that too, it's been a long time. I got them, uh, probably since 2016 but it works pretty well i'd say and um, running a oculus rift you know it's it's very good for dirt stuff it's also good for asphalt but for asphalt you know, if i gotta run it i just run it with the monitor it's just uh that's just preference
0: okay very good um i'm looking at your stats page and wow i i am st- impressed to tell you the truth there we have a lot of people come on this show and you have very good numbers I'm going to read them off Uh, dirt oval winning percentage overall 66% uh, pavement oval 41% dirt road 72% and oval 100% even though you haven't run very I mean road uh, you haven't run run much road but boy I mean you're getting it done out there on the dirt and uh, in the pavement oval uh, for sure
3: yeah, uh, I mean it's just uh it's been a while since I ran, you know, asphalt stuff, you know, since peak series uh, uh I'm trying to get back into it next year for sure. Um but this time I'm just trying to trying to get into the dirt road stuff, you know, the rallycross series. Uh you know, I run a couple of races this week and think I've out of all the races I've won, I, I I've raced, I just I won pretty much every race, so just uh you know, I'm trying to get into that and it's working pretty well right now.
0: Yeah, that's about ready to start up, right?
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, uh, right across is very fun and uh, you know, it's going to be another championship to be part of. Okay.
0: Um, and so you're running World of Outlaw and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but tell us about, uh, what is your preferred car number and how come?
3: Uh, I mean, my favorite number is number 12. Uh, I really don't know why it's my favorite number, but, you know, I just, been that number for a while uh, since Gran Turismo was number, so uh, uh, it really been my number since 2012. So basically, when I started iRacing. i racing, and I just like I said, I don't really know why, but it always been my favorite number. Okay.
0: Now I'm gonna try to guess the answer before I ask you the question on this one. I'm gonna guess it's your last World of Outlaw race. The uh, question is, what is your most memorable moment in iRacing? Uh,
3: i racing? I. I'd really say, you know, the the world championship this year, and you know, the the last race of the of the world world championship two thousand nineteen. Ah, uh, you know, it's it, it was a dream. It was a dream to win the world championship in racing, and we did it. You know, I it was it was great. Five wins in ten races, and never got out of the top five. And a you know, memorable season, absolutely.
0: Well, yes. Congratulations on that. Uh, It has been a good season. We've been kind of watching it progress as you, uh, like you said, win half the races uh, and running really well otherwise as well. But uh, yeah, fantastic job. We'll talk more about the results of that in a moment. Um, What uh, kind of involvement uh, do you have about the sprint car team? I I I know you... We, we saw a few stories that you're going to be driving for a guy who injured his back and and he decided to step out of the car and, and let you run it full-time tell us about that opportunity you're going to step into that and then what else do you have going on for real world racing
3: uh, i mean really you know uh kolmangulik uh was supposed to do a couple of races for him um you know it's been announced since a while but you know he got a you got, got his back injured and he's going through a rough time but you know i'm we all support him into that. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, other than that, I'm just waiting, you know, to see how things are going to go. But right now I'm, my focus is really on sim racing, you know, sim racing is getting huge right now and you know, every year is, you know, it, it's bigger every year. And, you know, me and my team, ABR, you know, we're just trying to, you know, focus on that and grow. All right.
0: Well, yeah. Congrats, congratulations on that opportunity and, uh, hope you do well
3: there. Um,
0: are you going to end up running the World of Outlaw Late Model series that we've heard about?
3: Yeah, for sure. I last year I finished third in the, third in the series and the World Championship, and you know I I automatically qualified back in for this year, and you know it's going to be a stacked season for sure. You know a lot of every top guys are in the series, and you know the late model guys are top notch, so it's going to be tough. But you know just like the World of Outlaw series on the spring cars, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but we'll try to. Be consistent in every race, and you know, finishing a top five for a championship.
0: Okay, and who who's your competition there? I mean, can you tell us? You know, is there a couple names that you're looking at right away that you know, hey, I'm gonna have to run these guys to to win that championship?
3: Well, definitely last year's uh, you know, world championship winner uh, Zach Leonardi, He's 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 a tough guy for sure. Uh, we go with the names like Kendall Tucker, Blake Magillis. You know. I would Weaver, you know, all the top lame all guys, they're, they're fast. And, you know, we had a lot of good races against these guys, but, you know, we'll, we never know every year is different. Every season is different. You know, some guys can be real fast and, you know, sometimes you, you see your rest fast and, you know, we never know. So we'll go race by race. Uh, uh-huh.
0: and then what about uh, the upcoming rally cross? Uh, I mean, who's to beat over there?
3: Oh, definitely Mitchell, the De young, he's, he's the top guy yeah. to be. We got Johan Hart too. He's real fast. I've I've seen him this week in a Cross and you know I I was able to keep up with him, but he's he's another will man. He's really fast.
0: Well, you're fast as well. Uh, I saw how many wins you've had there uh, running just this week on those races, uh, looking pretty good. Uh, tell us about let's switch gears. Tell us about peak. Tell us quickly what was your history in the peak series? You know how did you run there and in, in the past? And then you mentioned you, you're trying to get back there. Are you gonna do road to pro next season or?
3: Yeah, my plan is to do road to pro. You know, it depends on how real life racing goes. Um you know, real life racing is, you know, it's it's really tough too, so you know, a lot of focus on that as well. But definitely gonna try to run Road to Pro. Uh, but you know, I ran Peak Series for two years, uh, 2017, 18 Uh we ran that. Uh, my best finish was second place at poker in 2017 uh other than that we we struggle you know we we had a rough time but we're in the top 25 top 20 every race and you know it just you know it's real tough it's a lot about setups in there and you know really got to work hard every day and you know when you when you race in that you you pretty much gotta focus only on peak series and it's tough to have other world championships do at the same time but uh just I missed I missed it being the series. It's uh it's another level.
0: All right, and uh, and as you go through these uh, championship series that you've been running, I mean, what is your team? You know, your virtual team. Do you have a spotter? Do you have a crew chief? Uh, do you have other people that run with you? What's the deal
3: with the team? Uh, I mean, right now with Team ABR, you know, I got my uh, another driver and teammate uh, Jason Nygaard uh, for the dirt the dirt side of stuff. Uh, real into it you know he's much about sprint cars and stuff like that uh but we we work together and you know we just he's basically a crew chief as well i mean we practice together and i got my girlfriend too and involved as the team manager for the team so uh we all work together and we're three people on the team so we're a small team compared to other other teams but you know we're we work hard and we put dedication to what we're doing and you know as of now it's working pretty well yeah
0: absolutely um it is uh tell us you know where uh fans can find you on social media i know you're out there you're always posting about stuff uh where where do you run are you twi- on twitch are you streaming
3: no i'm i'm more about uh facebook and instagram pretty much uh you know we post all of our stuff there You know, if you go at racing bergeron or uh, team ABR Esports on instagram or facebook uh that's where we can we you guys can find everything uh it's uh, racing Bergeron and Team ABR Esports. Uh, that's where everything is. Uh, I wish I would be on Twitch and everything, but that's a lot of work, and you know, I'm I'm not into that too much. I don't know much about that stuff, so uh, maybe one day. Okay. All right.
0: Let's get into talking about the actual racing uh, at Knoxville. Uh, first, our sp- we do sponsor the Sim Racing Authority League. Uh, their Sunday night Xfinity series. They are on off week. Uh, they start back up June 1st. All right, let's talk about Knoxville. Uh, Alex, uh, you obviously won the championship. Um, let's kind of just talk about that real quick. I mean, I saw on Instagram uh, you won $12,000 in, in prize winnings. Uh, you're you're going to get a trip to go see the world of Outlaws. And what else is involved with all that?
3: I mean, it's really the banquet. You know, that's... Uh... You know, that's a, a tough deal. You know, it, be at the of Outlaws Banquet is huge. That's uh, very huge. And uh, to be there is going to be uh, an, ac- an accomplishment. Uh, and uh, meeting Christopher Bell, too, that's uh, that's going to be awesome. You know, I, I can't wait to be there. And, you know, this guy is awesome. He's talented and great guy overall. So I can't wait to be there.
0: I saw Christopher Bell on Twitter proactively hitting you up and saying congratulations. So that was pretty cool to get a shout out, huh?
3: Yeah, for sure. It's It means a lot. All right. Uh,
0: and so obviously you'll probably meet Christopher Bell, but you're going to be there at the banquet and probably maybe even give, have to give a speech or something, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. I uh, I'm sure I'm going to have a speech and everything. So I'm definitely looking forward to it.
0: All right, and you got some prize winnings out of it. That's pretty cool, too. Um, so let's talk about the race a little bit. Um, I mean, how did it go for you at Knoxville? I mean, where did you start, and uh, and how did the race go for you?
3: Uh, I mean, really, qualifying, uh, we struggled pretty well. I mean, I'd say it was it was rough out there. Uh, qualified, I think, 21st, something like that. So it was, was my worst qualifying effort of the season. Um, everyone was, you know, top notch in that race you know from first to last in qualifying was about a 10th so you know I just ran you know a good line and it was just slow so I mean I we started sixth in the heat race and we got to transfer into the top four you know if we transferred we'd we'd go in the future and we'd have ourselves locked up for a championship but uh I just wanted to win that race you know it's it's always fun to win a race you know when you're going to win the championship at the same time uh so I just made everything I could to win the race and you know, I decided to stick the card up there and the whole race and went fourteen to first and uh the first nine laps we we ran and in, into the top five and then after that we just you know on onto the lead and you know we just we were there and then we just passed him around and it was pretty much all said and done we just pulled away from the field and won the race
0: yeah i i watched uh, the the rewind that i racing put together uh, which they did a fabulous job on on YouTube on their Uh, iRacing YouTube channel uh, where they did kind of a race summary in about six minutes but they show you moving up to the outside where everybody else is on the bottom and you're hauling ass up there I mean how come those guys don't move up that's my question
3: I mean it's you know it takes confidence to run up there Uh, you know every second you could you know wreck or you know flip or you know, it's tough to run up there, and, you know, these guys were running consistent, you know, just trying to finish their races because, you know, position outside of top three, they pay money. So, you know, you, you want to get position out of the championship, and, um, you know, I was already said and done, you know, world champion in the race, but, you know, I was just giving everything I could. You know, I, I gave I gave everything, and, you know, it worked up there. I mean, Tim Ryan tried to run up there uh, the top line, and it didn't work out for him. He just... He, he spun out in front of me. I couldn't do nothing and just ran in the back of him. I was too fast behind him and couldn't stop in time. So, you know, it's it's a lot about, you know, how you set up your car. And, you know, I just decided to set up my car for the topside. And it just, it just went for the win.
0: Yep. And it paid off, it looks like. So, um, well, yeah, of course, you did mean to hit him. It was a racing incident, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, let's give a shout-out to some of these other guys. I mean, you guys this season had put on some amazing racing. Uh, every week uh, that that you guys are running, uh, I'm entertained. I'm actually watching the races on YouTube, um, and you know Tim Ryan uh, has been running up there. Cole Cabri, uh, Chase uh, Cabry as well. I mean, uh, what do you think about the competition that you guys that you're running with? Uh, these guys really are getting it done too.
3: Yeah, they're fast guys for sure. I mean they they can win every week. You know, it's uh, all the top all these top five guys. You know they could be up front anytime. And, you know, it's, it, these guys, you know, like chase and Cole, they're racing in real life and, you know, they, they just, they're a lot into it just like I do. So, you know, just like David Allman, he's fast as well. Tim Ryan, you know, he's been the world champion champion last year. And, you know, we were four points out last year, but at this time we weren't right. All right.
0: Well, congratulations on that. Um, David, there was some post about the uh, the points uh, for the World of Outlaw. Tell us what was going on in that uh, forum post.
2: Well, I don't want to go ahead and read the entire thing, but maybe Alex could help me answer this. I think this person is basically basically complaining that there are points given out for qualifying better, which also gives you the more likelihood to finish better. And so I think he's I think he's saying that there shouldn't be bonus points given out for actually qualifying higher. Uh, and am, am I, is that the way it's done, Alex?
3: Yeah, there's six points awarded for qualifying first, and there's eight points awarded for finishing first in the heat race, but you know, that too, you know, qualifying, you know, it, I'm going to say it definitely helps, but at the same time, I started 14 at Knoxville and still won the race. So, I mean, yes, it does help, but at the same time, you know, if you, if you work hard during the week and you, you know, you are you're confident for qualifying, and you know you just you just run a good line, and you know you're rewarded for these those points. Now, um, I don't follow a lot of uh, short
2: local dirt tracks. I don't know if they do the same thing. Um, but if that's the way it does it, you you don't think he basically he th- says he thinks if you're qualifying well and then also winning because you're qualifying well, but it becomes too big of an advantage. Yeah,
0: I think it's silly because. It's it's published rules ahead of time. Everybody has the same rules. They know. Hey, if I get you, you know, you qualify well, you get extra points. And uh, there's nothing wrong with t- with taking advantage of that. And in, in NASCAR right now, that's that's the thing with the stage points. Uh, they accumulate and they help you a lot in the playoffs. And it's kind of the same mentality. But uh, I don't know why they're uh, up in arms about it. But I thought we would bring it up.
1: I'm the I'm actually the one who posted that. <laughs>
0: What do you think, Will?
1: Well, my thing was I wasn't really up in arms about the advantage. I just felt it built too much of like what I would call like a positive feedback loop. Um, I think I mean, Alex's performance at Knoxville was phenomenal. Um, he went from 14th to 1st, but at the end of the day, he lost points and I don't think points should be given out in the heat and qualifying it should really be at the end of the feature. I mean, at the end of the day, he put on the best performance. Should gain the most points is kind of where really where i was trying to go with that i think I, when talking about a championship inside of a qualifying in the he racing it's it's i don't enjoy that as much as i see the feature itself but
3: at the same time really you know somebody that's going to qualify good and somebody that's going to qualify bad just like i did at noxel you know i did a bad performance in qualifying so that's going to reward the guys that run good in qualifying and so at the end of the day you know, yes, I had the best performance in the race, but the guy who qualified good still had more points than I did. So that's a good thing for him. So there's no there's nothing to be wrong about that.
1: Yeah, it goes the other way. Yeah. 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 It's a definitely a double edged sword. It's just um, I did ran some numbers and it wouldn't really change a whole lot in the championship. It would just make the, uh, points a lot closer. Um, At least that's how it would have affected this season.
0: Yeah, you beat him by a bunch, a big old handful of points there, and that, you're just saying it would have been a closer or tighter if that rule was different.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, Alex's performances on his bad nights were still phenomenal. Right, I mean, top he went, fives. And... Yeah, I think multiple times he, if he didn't start up front, he went from the back to the front. So he rightfully should have been the champion, no matter how you really break down the points, in my opinion. But the races where he did get the pull, the heat, it kind of made that gap a lot bigger. So if you have just a little hiccup in the beginning of the night, yeah, you could definitely overcome it. But you're still on the back foot, and I feel like you hey, say you reckon your heat, you go to the B. That sh- I mean, that's a punishment in itself. I don't feel like the championship battle should be affected by that as well.
0: What does real yeah. life do? Real uh, World of Outlaws? Do they do the same kind of thing?
3: Really, I, I'm sure you know, I. I I'm not too much into points, so I didn't look that too much, but I'm sure you do the same thing. Uh I I'm not like I said, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure you do the same thing. I don't know if it's the, the same amount of points, but I'm sure you do the same thing. Uh other than that, really, you know, this season in the world championship last year we had drop weeks. You know, we had one drop week. This year we didn't add we, we didn't add a drop week. So you can't make mistakes. You know, if you make a mistake and you didn't qualify for a race, well, you know, it's too bad for you. You know, you didn't make a feature and you're gonna drop down four or five positions you know, in the championship. Uh, and if we look through the standings here, you know, the, from the top four to 10th, it's all in the 400 marks. So everybody's really stacked up and it's tight. Yep.
2: So I have one more uh, really important question that I know one of our members would like to know. Uh, just how important is dirt in dirt racing. Oh, funny.
0: Now we heard from Tyler on this uh, subject as well. He, I want to read what he wrote. He said, iRacing is its own sanctioning body and run under its own rules. What works in the real world doesn't necessarily always work in the virtual world. And we have many years experience. With that said, the current format was created in conjunction with the world of Outlaws. And as we usually tend to do with our partners, we don't have the ability to do a dash and I'm certain the racing would be as good as it has been this year if we started twenty four cars. Whole season has been one of the best I've ever seen. Uh we'll regroup ahead of next year and look at everything again, including the format.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. I mean I'm sure next year we're gonna have some more features. I'm sure we're gonna have you know more laps or I'm sure there's gonna be some more stuff next year, I'm sure. Uh oh yeah. I, I don't know everything, uh, but you know I'm I'm definitely looking for next year. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome you know the fans gonna enjoy it you know this year has been on you know, the best season so far and i'm sure everyone out there loved it so you know i i, I did enjoy it as well you know I'm, I'm but like i said i'm sure everybody loved it uh you know and they they try to re, you know redo the same thing wall does we just in our thing we can't do everything you know it's but it's very very similar and, and that's that's what makes it awesome
0: well and, and you guys are competing for viewing eyes, you know, to watch the races and, and the, you're competing against peak. I, you know, we watch peak and they have some great racing and peak this year. Um, but, you know, you guys were putting on a great show and it was definitely must watch TV every time. So uh, well done.
3: Yeah. Thank you. It's just uh every competitor out there was just uh, on his, on his game. And, you know, we had, we didn't add many cautions this year compared to last year. And, you know, we had, you know, Tougher competition this year as well, and, you know, the races have been phenomenal. Okay,
0: very good, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Alex, we know you have a race coming up and have to leave uh, pretty soon, but we're going to jump on, on to next uh, topics. Uh, Chris, BMW 120
4: results. Yeah, Williams eSport drivers uh, Lauren Heinrich and Alexander Voss won the top split of the BMW 120 that iRacing put on. Uh, after thirty-two laps for racing that included strategy calculations for fuel and tires. Heinrich and Boss's victory came after o- overcoming BRS, Coanda Simsports, Mitchell DeJong, and Josh Rogers, with the Williams pair pairing having to de- defend resolutely late on. <coughs> Excuse me. Factory BMW drivers Philip Eng and Nikki Katzberg um went from twelfth or I'm sorry, twelfth. Forty-third, I think that's backwards. Twelfth from forty-third. Yes, from forty-third in the field. Um, from what I read, the the real-life drivers had a had a blast on iRacing and plan on doing this again next year. It sounded like they had a lot of fun, and I think uh, the iRacing guys, you know, the sim drivers had um, you know some people in their ears figuring out these numbers for them, and the real-life BMW guys just didn't come prepared. So I think they'll bring it next year. I think the the story is Mitchell DeJong. I mean, he, uh, you know, a
0: near a, a near miss for him in this race, and uh, and then he did a near miss in the uh, in the world world championship this week as well uh, at Montreal, I believe, was where they're at, and he uh, almost won that too. But uh, yeah, he almost had it on uh, this one, but these guys Heinrich and Voss got it done. All right, David, uh, a couple of quick updates about twenty four hour of Le Mans, which by the way, I decided not to run.
2: I think you should have given a couple more races, Uh, but we got it all sorted. Qualifying has been separated into uh, 20-minute sessions with no max lap count. Uh, You can try basically as many times as you want and set your big time. So it's kind of the old school qualifying setup. There's also, they've set the weather. It's going to be dynamic weather, but it has a fixed starting point based on last year's weather which is 70 degrees Fahrenheit with 54% humidity and a five mile wind out of the southeast. The uh, balance power adjustments have also been added to this one. They're adding 10 kilograms to the Porsche 919, uh, 5 to the BMW M8, 7 to the Ferrari, and 5 to the Porsche 911. Uh, so it's interesting I guess they, as data keeps coming in, they decide, yeah, that they need to make adjustments. The only thing I wish they would have done in this case is gone ahead and put this adjustment in the regular ILMS sprint series too, so that we could practice under those conditions. But, um, it's a small difference. I've, I've tested in both conditions, and you, you, you don't feel it that drastically, it just slows you down just a hair in the corners, you don't pick up as much speed coming off, and then also the. The splits are going to be done by I rating with a 55 field car size.
0: All right. I lost my confidence in that car. It's a tough car because I was always at a different speed at the end of the straightaways, and my braking point would be different each place because I couldn't be consistent enough with the battery and the button and all that. So I just, yeah, I bailed. Sorry. Greg, uh, let's talk about
5: multiple accounts versus tanking. Kind of getting tired of this topic. It's, uh, Keeps coming up, and I don't know why we keep discussing it. Because iRacing allows multiple accounts, and uh, I think uh, Mason put in here for a good reason because uh, uh, minors uh, have to use their parents' credit card or whatever, probably, which would go under their parents' name, right? And then right. maybe down the road they have an extra another account after that. Um, the sporting code uh, counts towards everything anyway, so if say that person has two accounts and they get protested and are banned for a week. They can put it over both accounts, so you don't have to worry about someone still racing. Um, they can keep track of that. Um, but people are, are, they're saying they don't want to penalize someone because they were, uh, you know, they get a high R rating and they want to go and have fun. If they're gonna pay the money, they might as well. If they're gonna pay the money. Let let uh, people have multiple accounts. But I just, I'm sick and tired of seeing this. It, it doesn't affect anybody. I don't know why people have to care about it.
2: Nobody should complain about iRacing making some more money unless they want to see them go out of business.
0: Yeah, last thing we want, right? It's it's biting the hand that feeds. All right, let's talk about something fun. Tony Groves Pro Truck License Requirement.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk about something fun, all right? We, we've been talking about these things for the last few weeks for good reason. Um, iRacing gave us... a. Uh, some more info a little insight as to what they're planning um license wise um now all of this is uh could change um kind of an idea what they're what they're going for you know at least for the first week or first couple of weeks see how it goes but uh what they're planning as of right now is uh for rookies yeah you can use the pro 4 in a fixed setup with a max field size of 12 per split. there will be 10-lap races and held every 30 minutes. Um, Class D will be the Pro 2s. You can also do the Pro 4s. And they'll have a multi-class, kind of mixing uh, both of them together. Um, those races are going to be 15 laps uh, with a max field size of 18. And they will be run every hour. It's all kind of... Uh, subject to change, of course. This is a new series, new new vehicles, new tracks, and got to kind of figure out how things look at once the once the dust settles. Um, and the forums kind of lit up as they they usually do with all uh, different kinds of comments on both sides of the coins. Um,
0: so they do the multi class in real life, so. They're matching that to a degree, I understand, but but a lot of people don't like that they're doing multi-class is really the deal, but it's brand new. I mean, let's not have too many different series here. I think it makes sense to combine them because there's only two tracks.
6: Well, yeah, that's just it, right? And, I mean, if we're going to go after real life stuff, if they do have multi class in real life, which unfortunately I don't know a whole lot. I'm excited just because they get to do a lot of jumps and they look really cool. Um but if they got it in real life, I mean might as well try it out. If if uh you know if there's no participation in it, I'm sure they're not gonna, you know, hang on to it for very long. But um well you know there's there's multi class in a lot of other uh you know different uh types of racing so why why not at least for us uh, as sim racers, you know, give it a shot
0: so yeah. when we buy it on Tuesday, you get the pro two and the pro four for that price and what I think is one of those two is going to be faster, and then why would you pick the slower truck I mean everyone's going to pick the faster one right not Aww. necessarily
6: Mike sorry Greg, from my sorry. understanding is that the true the the pro twos will have a little better uh, handling so um that that could that, that could make the difference somebody's really good in it too um as opposed to somebody that's just you know mediocre or okay. uh, a little better than that
2: if they're doing multi-class then you they're not some, having to compete against each other
6: well except they're... for bragging rights you know whoever
2: wins yeah. the race wins
6: the race
0: right overall win yeah. but
2: the, it, when you get into multi-class racing the gt3 guy or the gte if you're running in le mans they don't care that they finish five laps down a car that's built to go faster than them. They could care less. They just want to finish in front of the other GTEs. They're just—they're actually running their own separate races. They just happen to be on the same track at the same time. But in this
0: scenario, I think these trucks are
5: equal, or very equal, or close to equal. <laughs> well, here I'll explain the difference uh, in this is four-wheel drive and two-wheel drive. Okay, so four-wheel drive obviously is going to have the advantage off the line and off the corners and getting away. The diff- but the problem with a four-wheel drive is it obviously loses more power through its drive line, So you're not as going to be as fast down the straightaways. Whereas uh, you can set up a truck with a two-wheel drive and it probably gets around the corner, handles better, and it'll be faster down the straights because it'll be making more power and less weight. Um, so I bet you those classes, even though they're going to be multi-class, they'll be very close to uh, you could probably have a Pro 2 win races against a Pro 4 that are really competitive races together.
0: Now, they put out a YouTube video this, this morning uh, of onboard at the Wild West Motorsports Park in the Pro 4 truck uh, going around the track w- uh, from the onboard view. And, man, it looks like fun. I mean, the big jumps, you can really get a feel of the air as you're uh, there's a lot of elevation changes that are very abrupt.
1: They didn't look like they got big air in the video. You could tell they were lifting and riding the brake at some point. So I bet you you could really launch those bad boys.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like they would lift
4: off to make sure the car drops, you know, so you don't jump it too hard. Yeah, yeah, and the elevation change with the jumps was what I thought was most impressive in that video. How there's one part where they're going downhill and you can see like the next half dozen jumps in front of you. I mean, it's just it's it's uh, a lot more jumps and rally across, I guess it's gonna be fun,
3: yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it uh you know, definitely uh gonna enjoy it for sure.
0: are you gonna jump in there Alex, and get try that truck? It's gonna be fun, it looks like
3: oh yeah i'm I'm sure there's gonna be a world championship for that too, I'm sure,
0: oh yeah, well, let's get it uh what about a handbrake uh, that was another forum post uh, guys uh do we need a handbrake to drive this thing correctly or not
6: that that, that's actually been kind of a, a huge discussion just like it was for rallycross when rallycross first came out and you know kind of found out that um you know do you need it uh, no you don't really need it um although a lot of people have piped up to say that it's you know it's really come in handy to get them out of tight spots um, but uh with these trucks um i don't know uh, the uh staff posted on on the forum saying that uh it's actually pretty useful on on the two-wheel drive trucks so um i guess we just have to wait and see
0: what do you think alex i mean do you use the handbrake and rally um uh,
3: you know i i don't have a you know and brake like from Fantic or and brake guys actually an handbrake, you know i just map it to a button and that's it because in rallycross really there's only you know one track that one or two tracks that you really need it for one special corner uh because it's you know way too tight and you know you can't you know rotate the car unless you have a setup that's going to rotate you know for that corner but if you just make the car rotate for that corner it's gonna it's gonna suck for the other corners on the track so uh you, you don't really need one but you know it's it's definitely you know good to have one uh but i don't i don't have it um uh, but i'm we, we got to see for the trucks you know i uh, I'm sure, you know, like, uh, like he said, uh, for a two-wheel truck, the two, you know, uh, not the, the, the Pro 4, but a Pro 2, you definitely maybe need one. So uh, we we just got to see.
0: Yeah, I run a button as well, and I, I definitely use it because I'm not a great driver in rally, But I imagine I would use it in the trucks, especially if you get offline and you're just trying to save it, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes you want to do like a Gymkhana or stuff like that. You want to, you know, put the car sideways and, you know, have fun. You definitely need one. All right. So get your button mapped or
0: get you a handbrake, guys. All right, Greg, a tire pressure bug in Montreal, Porsche
5: GT3. Uh, before we switch there, just anybody that uh, runs a Fanatec uh, shifter that's uh, 1.5, you can, when you put it in sequential mode, you can kind of use that as a handbrake too, just so you know. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I'll go to the next one here. So this is a tire pressure bug at Montreal in the Porsche GT3. So I'm going to call him Johnny G because I don't want to screw up his last name. He uh, posted in the forums that uh, he was finding under qualifying that the, uh, what tires was it? it was, uh, the right side tires in the hairpin at uh, Montreal were losing uh, 20 kPa um, and the uh, so they're looking at it. And just in qualifying, you notice he put up a VRS uh, data point here to show everybody on the forms. And uh, Alex Horn has uh, responded, and he's going to look into it. And it looks like it's going to be fixed in Season 3. All right. So it was found by a user, and then they fixed it. So,
0: But how, that's kind of interesting. He goes through a certain corner, and the tire pressure drops 20
5: pounds or however much, 20 kilos. Makes you remind you that this is you know, it's all code, right? And one little line of code could be wrong, and it just can screw up something like that. All right, uh, Chris, let's talk about
4: other bugs. Uh, Scenery flicking. Yeah, and I think a lot of us have seen this um, while we've been racing, and uh, it it always happens either going from night to day or day into night. And what you get, what it looks like on my screen, I have fairly low um, settings for the sky, is it looks like somebody's... um, Pulling the tear off vertically, I guess is kind of what it looks like, and I think Mike, you've seen it's like this too. Like a little too. rip. Yeah. Yep. And I think you've seen this too. Um, yep. There was a, a Mark Pickford posted a YouTube video of the flickering, and he says he thinks he has the fix for it. So this is probably something to try. He said it, it seems to only happen when shadow maps are set to only car and track. The trees, etc., flicker randomly and flashes. He says if you change the setting to shadow maps on everything. It appears to fix the issue. And I think, yeah, you also have to have those, like the clouds and sky on high as well. That's probably something to be worth trying. I don't
5: know. I have everything on, and I've seen the same thing. Same thing, because I saw it when we were doing the 600 last
4: week. I have everything up as well. Yeah, see, I, I've been getting it, but I just assumed it was because I have, my stuff is kind of low, and I'm on VR, so resolution isn't, like, you know, real premium. But, yeah, it's like it's just kind of like a, a vertical tear-off. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just kind of an annoyance. Now, could it be what it's doing is obviously
5: they have multiple drawings of the sky, right, in different shades. And each time the code tells it to shade, go one shade darker and one shade darker. And, and we're, we shouldn't be seeing the transition, and for some reason we are. Yeah, something
0: jumps out of sync or who knows. But, uh, there, I, I mean, it's
4: in the forums. I haven't seen anybody from iRacing acknowledge it, but uh, I'm sure they've seen it. Well, I don't think yeah, it doesn't show up in replays um, from what I've been seeing, too. So, yeah, it's probably kind of a hard thing to capture. You just have to see it live. I think it showed up on my Twitch. You could yeah, probably, yeah, probably see it that way. All right. Let's talk. Uh, I got the
0: next one. Esports in the mainstream media. We got an article from Forbes.com about uh, NASCAR driver Parker Kligerman comes full circle with the esports team ownership. And it's a long-form article about Parker. Uh, his history in NASCAR and what he's doing today, uh, on television, uh, as well as his ownership and sim racing in the peak series. Uh, it's an interesting article. Uh, some of the neat things that I thought, uh, some quotes are, um, from Parker. He said, I always felt like the bridge between the real racing world and the sim world, um, He says, however, iRacing's technology has made significant advancements which helps sim racing become more popular among young drivers. You're starting to see young drivers like William Byron and other drivers that are getting into the Cup Series and they are attributing a lot of their success on how they got started as sim racing, says Kligerman. Uh, Another quote in here was, um, sim racing has a unique place in the eSports world it is the only esport that has a direct correlation to the necessary skills of actual motor racing and i thought that was a neat quote because uh other esports like if you're really good at nba 2019 you know you're good on a ps4 controller right it doesn't mean you can handle the ball but uh if you're good in sim racing maybe you can drive a real race car
3: yeah and I'm, i can uh i can say that you know uh, since I drove, you know, a 305 five sprint car and a four ten sprint car, uh, I can I can relay and say that you know what we see in the actual iracing, you know, the the iracing service, it's it's the same thing you will see in real life. You know, it's the same kind of movements you're gonna do. You know, the the what are you gonna do with your your feet? You know, it's the same thing. You know, You'd, uh what are you gonna see in front of you? You gotta react to the same thing you'll see in, in the sim. So. Um, you know, it can relate, definitely.
2: I drove a late model at Memphis uh, Speedway as well, and mo- the muscle memory kicks in. You're so used to doing it on the sim that you almost don't even feel the G-forces because you're just so... Uh, uh, everything just kind of goes into instinct. and it feels Muscle just memory. Like, yeah.
0: And I think you can learn racecraft, too. I mean, that's a big thing. Uh, people, I don't think, you know, talk about enough about is i'm not a great driver at all and we'll talk about that later but uh i have racecraft, and that's how i get decent finishes a lot of times uh and so you have to learn that somehow too and and that's can be that crosses over obviously
3: yeah definitely you know it, everything in the sim is just uh it's so close to real life you know you, there's so much so many stuff you can you know learn from my and you know i i I definitely recommend it for real-life drivers or new starters that want to get into racing. That's the sim racing, and I'd say right now, you know, sim racing and go karts are where you get really good to start into you know, racing. Yep, there you go. Uh,
0: another tidbit uh, in this article at Forbes.com: it, they said in 2018, the Peak series reportedly garnered over 12 million impressions. And we were wondering that a couple of weeks ago, like, how my, what is a viewership on the peak season? And there it is, 12 million. And I'm sure in 2019, they, they've done a lot more than that.
2: There's cable shows that don't get that kind of viewership.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's a lot. And then, you know, in 2019 with the increased purse and NASCAR's focus on it, uh, the number, I wouldn't say it's double if I had to guess, but I'd say they did well over 12 million easy. Uh, There was also a quick uh, video on Fox 46 in Charlotte on the local affiliate there, television station, about William Byron. Uh, They did an interview at Hendrick Motorsports about iRacing, and it's a feature about uh, what iRacing is, and William tells them, hey, you know, I I did this before I got involved in real racing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, It's a short video, but it was kind of neat to see uh, uh, Fox uh, TV pick up on that.
3: Absolutely. Uh and uh you're uh, I got to go, but uh thank you guys for having me on the, on the podcast and uh you know we'll uh we'll see you guys later.
0: Well, thanks Alex thanks, for man. coming on, man. We appreciate it and uh, good luck out there and congratulations on the World of Outlaw uh title. Uh wonderful job.
3: Thank you. Thank you guys. All right, take care. You too.
0: All right. Uh next, Tony Groves oval car update hype.
4: Yeah. So
6: iRacing just released a video showing, uh, three of the new, uh, oval cars on track all at once. Um, and that would be the, uh, the modified, the, uh, the Silverado truck and the, the Mustang. Um, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the idea of this all on the track. I kind of, uh, wish they'd, uh, maybe a week 13, um, Multi-class all, Ooh, you know, all three idea. of those vehicles, right? That'd be a lot of fun. the, the video kind of got me hyped up over that. Um, yeah, as always, the, the the cars look good. the The, the video was well edited, and um, to me, it uh, came across pretty good. But um, I'm not a hundred percent on this. But from what I understand, is that um, were those those cars were AI.
0: They had uh, some cars, uh, AI, and if you look carefully at the video, you can see the AI uh, driver name on the window. You know how they stamp it on the window. And uh, at one point in the video, uh, one of the cars is Notebook, and the other one is Lotion. Notebook
4: and Lotion.
2: And some of the are other they- names are Google Phone, Starbucks,
4: Cup, and Napkin. Yeah, what are they well, doing in the, the offices there?
6: a creative bunch up there but i know for about 10 or 15 minutes before we started recording today um, there was a lot of notebook and lotion jokes uh flying around
4: really really looking forward to these new trucks really looking forward to them uh if you look at the beginning of
0: the video they show a quick picture of the dash of one of these cars and it's really the dark it's real black and dark but the darks are really showing. The, the HDR, I don't know if I'm seeing HDR there, but it looks good. And I think in the forum, somebody mentioned it. And Alex said, oh, yeah, we've been working on the dashes of these cars. And, and you'll notice some differences. So watch for that, too, guys. Uh, they also teased a custom number on the uh, modified with a uh, uh, number with a letter, like 27MA. You know how they do sometimes letter numbers? So that's I don't know if that's cool.
4: something that's coming or not, but that'd be pretty pretty cool for the dirt stuff. I mean there's a it's kinda hard. It's kinda small, so it's hard to tell if they're actually gonna like let letters in completely, but that would be really neat. Alright, and they
0: did announce the release, of season three on Tuesday, June fourth, next week. So be ready guys. Next uh, I got the next one, North Wilkesboro. Uh, had a social media campaign uh, to try to convince iRacing and uh, other simulators to scan the track of North Wilkesboro before it's too late. And uh, they put up a Google forum uh, poll thing where you could go in and put your email address and vote, yes, we want to have this scanned. And I did do that. Uh, That poll did close uh, last Monday on the 27th. Uh, they only had it up a short time, but they—they uh, uh, they, I wanted to mention it, but uh, it's pretty be su- cool.
2: I would be surprised if it's not already too late. Have you seen some of the aerial photos of the condition of that track? Isn't there like grass and
5: stuff coming through cracks, and it's like just totally deteriorated? Yep. Can't they just Photoshop that out?
0: Or- <laughs> yeah,
2: they fix it in post. <laughs> if they're gonna do that. Just build it based on uh, imagery and just- math. Just don't be on the
5: pole. The first couple cars will mow down or everything, and the track will be clear. All right.
0: David, tell us about Josh Rogers at, in the World Championship.
2: So in the first Porsche uh, Esports Cup, we have our first second-time winner. It took him four races to get that done. Uh, Rogers chases down the VRS Canadian Simsport teammate, uh, Mitchell DeJong, in the final laps of the 30-minute feature. And scores the victory despite the fact that he started ninth in the grid. Um, so it was pretty exciting finish. I didn't get to watch it. Uh, and we have a points setting, obviously, with Rogers finishing near the front almost every time. Right now, he's leading the points by quite a Big bit. Big time. Yeah, uh, 123 points. Look at that. I can do math. He's, way, four. Ahead. he's way ahead.
0: Yeah, but... Uh- and uh i think the big thing that happened was uh enzo benito and at the beginning i think it was lap one he got punted literally punted and flipped over on his lid and put into the wall and just ruined his race and uh, somebody i don't know who it was but somebody completely ran over him and uh that was tough to watch and then at the end mitchell de jong as i mentioned before he really gave up that win he made a crucial mistake where he he just kind of missed this corner and kind of outbraked and Josh, you know, took advantage. He was right there on him. So, uh Josh was probably going to win that anyway, but he kind of forced Mitchell into that mistake and
5: I'm and I'm sure Mitchell's kicking himself for it. Fun it was interesting because obviously when we were talking about the article earlier about the BMW, Josh Rogers and Mitchell Jones were, you know, a teammate. You think teammates in that race? you think that they would have been able to take out those other two guys. Those are really strong road racers. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You can tell, huh? Uh, They're at the
0: top of their game, obviously. Greg, uh, next one is misfire
5: still working. Okay. So this is a little bit, we talked last week about the IndyCar bug because of the 500. Some people weren't getting started and obviously we figured out that you, you can only start on pit road and get refired up for the IndyCar, but uh, just trying to find the name here. Uh, the first, Cedric uh, uh, had posted uh, something originally about his GT3 BMW Z4. If you put it in fuel mode 6 uh, and uh, stop the motor, it wouldn't refire. So then Grant Reeves of the staff uh, for iRacing had uh, looked into the bug and um, had found out that there's not enough torque under that mode so that he so that you could refire the car up. So he's uh, done some tweaking, and it looks like next week it'll arrive in the update. But they still haven't figured out the Delara issue with the not the starting thing there. No, they haven't figured that out yet. From what I saw from when I did the couple IndyCar races this week, it wasn't as big of a deal um, in that. But obviously, the 500 had more participants than this week's had. All right, let's keep moving. David, setup source.
2: So we have a new uh, partner on the scene or a new competitor on the scene when it comes to coaching and setup sources. Uh, they're called PureDrivingSchool.com. I couldn't find prices to compare them to the to the other prices. It looks like you have to kind of send in for a quote. But as you look at the guys' opening page, they have. Uh, quite a few wins and rec- wins and championships on their, on their resume. Um, they provide setups f- from top drivers one-to-one coaching um, a dog. No, if you didn't hear, there was a dog in the hallway, hot lap videos and Delta time files. Uh, I really wouldn't be interested in that particular part if that, if that's workable. Um, so it looks interesting. New competitor competition is always good. And I think my Oculus Rift S is getting delivered. So,
0: so go get it.
2: <laughs> I'll be right back if you want to finish up the article.
0: Okay. Well, no, that's fine. Uh, it's just basically yeah, puredrivingschool.com. dot com. I think it's similar to what VRS is doing,
5: uh, but it's a different service. It'll be interesting to see how they progress over the next while and see what they what this becomes for them. Yeah, uh, this is the first time I've heard of it, so. Um, I
1: actually saw an ad from them this week on Instagram of all places earlier in the week. So I feel like they're, must be starting to really promote and push this out there.
0: There you go. Targeted marketing. All right. We need to jump into hardware software next. But uh, first, uh, the final word about Phil's Pit Stop.
7: This is your scheduled Pit Stop. I'm Phil Linden. During this Pit Stop, I just want to ask a simple question. Is sim racing and esport. so simulation racing is where people race using video games whether it's iRacing, racing corsa r factor 2 gran turismo whatever they are video games you play them on your computer you play them on your console it's a game but it is also to varying levels to varying degrees a simulation the point of the game is to emulate reality as accurately as is feasible But at the end of the day, that's just some decisions that software developers, game designers have chosen to make. There's performance trade-offs and complexity trade-offs that these devs have to make, and they sacrifice accuracy for performance or fun. With other games that are considered esports, like Dota 2, even Rocket League, or Starcraft, those games have the same principles. Game designers make trade-offs between mechanics and implementations in the game and fun. But the the simulation is really what makes sim racing fall into this weird grey area where since simulators emulate reality, is sim racing a sport as in racing is it a sport? Or is it an esport like like playing a game like Rocket League? And the answer is yes iRacing, and Gran Turismo in particular, have been held up on a pedestal by actual racing organizations like NASCAR. And they use the term eSport to say this is a virtual environment. They're not driving real cars. But at what point does it become a real sport With things like Formula E cars, electric cars that are used for racing, and other sports like drone racing, which have tiny cameras and radios to remotely control those vehicles. Could there possibly be a world in which drivers remotely control real things in the real world through a computer setup, much like what some people use in iRacing? I'm not going to attempt to answer that, but that's where my mind is going because racing is used both as a fun game for people like me and also has become a stand-in for actual racing and seat time as opposed to a different discipline like go-karts. I just think it's a really interesting thing for the sim racing community to ponder and sets up organizations like iRacing to reap the benefits from both groups. That's it for today's Pit Stop. Now back to Mike and the guys for Hardware Software.
0: Wow, cool idea, Phil. Well, let's get to Hardware Software. That's brought to you by iPitting. iPitting makes it easy for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up-to-minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone in your team. iPitting.com. Tony Groh's SimLogic Racebox. Wow, this is big money.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah head to the bank and apply for a bloody mortgage these things are uh these things are off the chart um but we we've looked at simlogic uh button boxes before and they are a little on the pricier side but what you do get um looks uh very much like quality i've never used one nor have i uh had a chance to talk to anybody that's actually used them but um you know they they look beautiful they got every option you need now these ones here they got um they have screens you know, yeah yeah so the race center and race center max um is basically just a you know the max you get a i don't know you don't get any you do get a few more buttons uh no it doesn't look like it but the screen uh the lcd screen is much bigger um so if uh <laughs> anybody out there uh looking to To get a new button box and they need a little bling and they and they they got some bling in their back pocket um check out sim logic um you know you want that big lcd screen the race center max is going for 1700 bucks
0: what that's a record i i don't think we've ever seen a button box that costs that much money now the
5: question is is or the thing is is here how how heavy duty is your button box that you need a table clamp that's got that big of a clamp like it's a pretty heavy-duty table clamp.
6: Well, I mean, if Are they're they putting a 43-inch at... screen into the uh, button box, you need a heavy-duty clamp to hang on
2: to. <laughs> yeah, either that or they've found a way to add first feedback to the button boxes, too.
0: Crazy. Uh, so they have the regular race box, $340, which is beautiful, by the way. Um, but the ones with the screen, 1200 or the big ones, $1,700. The website is simlogic-shop.com.
5: Now, the other thing that they're also promoting on here, too, is Joe Real Timing is what they're talking for using that screen. It looks like they're affiliated with it in the Z1 Dash and SimHub. Hub.
0: Yeah, put whatever you want on it. Might as well. It's only $1,700. All right, let's talk about should we raise the rig? David.
2: First of all, how about that, a live delivery on the podcast?
0: All right, you got so the new Rift, huh? I
2: got the new Rift, which is gonna be nice because with this new direct drive, it's shaking my desk so hard that the camera sensors on the old Rift are shaking so much it's causing the the camera to just freak out and the positioning to freak out. And I'll be in the middle of the final chicane at, at Le Mans and suddenly the steering wheel is right in my face. So that's gonna be nice. But speaking of raising the rig, there's basically a guy was complaining about the fact that he's getting a little old and the knees are a little crinkly and he would like to raise the roof or not raise the roof, raise the the rig off the floor. And we have on the posted on the show notes. You can look at several different options from platforms to booster seats. Um, there's another one that features a butt kicker. We have a 80/20 rig, and I actually ordered casters with with my rig because I'm going to try to keep. Since I use VR, I, I would prefer to just keep my computer desk and go with uh and just roll the VR into position or roll it away if I if I'm doing some sound engineering work or something like that and don't really want to sit with the wheel in front of me.
0: It's a neat idea to get it up off the floor. I I'm kind of like that where I'm weak in the knee and getting old, and and sometimes uh, the the seat feels pretty low to the ground. Uh, so it's a neat idea that I'm kind of interested in. One guy did a really nice just wood box, and he put like carpet on it. Uh, I mean, Tony, I thought you would like that one. That looked pretty good. Simple,
6: <laughs> yeah. Simple is good. Simple yeah. and, is good.
0: And then the other guy, Scott Husted, he posted up his rig. He got a custom one from foreplay racing on ebay.com and he had it where it's custom up in the air Uh, you know the legs are like tall on it and and the seat is up you know and uh, that looks really neat too Uh, another guy had a a, a setup on casters Uh, there was another guy who had a metal frame with butt kickers attached to it Um, and then he put the rig on top of that frame he has little wood pieces that the frame, uh, the the cockpit would sit on on top of the frame that had the butt kickers on it, and that's kind of a neat one too.
2: I'm sure Tony could come up with something uh, self-engineered as well.
6: Well, I actually I actually built mine. My rig, uh, my PVC rig, sits a little higher so it would sit properly uh, to my desk. Um, so yeah, it's 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 up an extra I don't know six uh, six to eight inches then. It- it normally would.
2: When I was researching my rigs, it actually did come up as an issue that a couple of the rigs you really had to climb down into.
0: Okay, Greg, let's
2: talk
5: S H H shifters. So I wish Mason was here because obviously he has this shifter from what he's saying here. Um, so S, I guess it's a Hawk shifters. Uh, what we're uh, showing here and a table mount. Um, Mason has also said that the uh, shifter is good gated shifter as well as a sequential uh, pattern. Um, so it's got a top plate uh, 7 in reverse or 6 in reverse, uh, I guess depending on what plate you put in there. Um, it's USB connected uh, adapters uh, with commercial knobs, so I guess you can use any knob you want. But uh, it looks like a pretty sturdy shifter. Have uh, any of you guys ever used a brand like this besides Mason's? No. Uh ninety-four Euros, so it's not a bad price for it. It's it looks like a it kind of reminds me of the way that they're using the gated is like the Thrustmaster ones, but it it looks really uh, looks really good. I don't know if that's plastic housing or whatever. Alright, their website,
0: shiftershh.com. Alright, next up I got is Racing from a Rig. Um, a big rig. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Marvin Turnmeyer Jr. Which I've raced with him before uh, a few years ago. It's been a while, but uh, he would be in my NIS races back in the day, and he is a big rig uh, over, uh, you know, driver nationwide, and he races in the evenings at truck stops from the passenger seat of his big rig, with a Verizon uh, hotspot and uh, has no problems at all and uh, he recently posted in the forums uh, when somebody uh, posted up does iRacing work on cell service uh, yes or no and and him and a lot of other people did uh, uh,
5: post up hey no problems at all it works. I, I tried that when I was on the road uh, When I, that's why the, well, I couldn't get it to work so that's why I was out of iRacing for a while but it's good to see that it's working for some of these guys now. Maybe they've improved the uh, networking since I did it. You've got to have low latency. That's part of it. So,
0: All right, uh, David, we got more first impressions about the Podium Direct Drive.
2: It's a video from a, a pro driver who actually drives the real things. I uh, was very impressed. It's Enzo Benito. Uh, he, he says they're super smooth with a good connection between the car and the road. And he, he says uh, you don't even need to go to the gym. And for some reason, somebody put on the notes that I should pay attention to that. Uh, and then he says it gives you more of a feel of the bumps and consistent through the corner. I, and I agree with this. I, you definitely can feel the, the curbs when you hit them, the curbs. Uh, and the bumps and every little bump and I find myself even in certain corners I can kind of time my gas on the corner based on when I feel certain bumps in the corner uh it's definitely on a on a whole different level uh when I'm running the oval car I have the steed feedback turned a little bit lower when I'm running the prototype I have it turned up really high because I wanted to actually resist my motion and, and uh and require me to turn the wheel with a lot more strength. And also I have the sensitivity turned down. Uh, but he has a video uh, really appreciating and a very, very positive feedback on the, the Fanatec wheel direct drives. And I, I enjoy them too. Well, I can't
0: wait to get mine. Uh, it's real eye candy for me just to get my eyeballs on it to see what it looks like, to see how it handles and see somebody driving it. Uh, it's a neat video. This
5: is on Fanatec's Facebook page. So check that out. Anybody uh noticed that the uh, driver there had uh, a certain sponsor on his shoulder? Oh, who was it? Simlabs. Oh, nice.
0: All right, yeah, they have good stuff, obviously. All right, uh Chris Talk VR
4: Hygiene. Uh yeah, Twitch viewer, I guess told um David Hall about this product and um I think I've I've mentioned this to David a few times as well cuz I actually own this. Um the, the VR foam inserts for the Rift from VR Cover, and yeah, there's not. They have a couple other products on Amazon, um, but there's other than that, there's not much else on there. But if you go to their website, vrcover.com, br, um, they have a few different sets. I think one's thirty, one's fifty, another seventy. The one I bought was the fifty-dollar one, and man, I, I absolutely love it. The
2: that must be why I thought it was a different company because you told me you had told me a different price than he had.
4: Yeah, but I, uh, um, like I said, the foam that came, comes on the Rift, it was giving me a headache. And I know uh, one of, uh, Steve Thompson from the Old Bastards League had this before me, and he told me he had the same issues and pointed me the other direction. But the $50 set came with a few different um, foam inserts that you just Velcro on. And it also came with two of the, the plastic pieces that holds all the face stuff together on the Rift. If you have one, you know what I'm talking about. And so I can just... Um, somebody comes over i can pull mine off and then stick a brand new clean one on for them to use and i can just rip off cool. that velcro piece and toss it in the washer as well Those sounds look like very, a must have look i look yeah, very me, comfortable think so. yeah they, they look are comfortable yeah they are and like i said it comes with a, a few different options as far as the foam and so that's yeah that's that's why i went with the kit because i think you know one size might not completely fit all but one of them's gonna fit you. And you th- you think Rest would just include something like this with the product? You would think, and I know David's had problems with his as well with like ripping off. Because I mean, it's just like it's like foam insulation is what it, it is pretty much just like something you'd stick in a door jam. And so yeah, that thing gets gross and sweaty, and yeah, there's not really a good option for cleaning it. It rips off at some point, you know, after you from sliding it on and off your face. I've even
2: super glued them on once, and uh, they came off again. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see how well they last on this on this new one that I'm holding in my hands right now.
4: You suck. You suck so hard. I'm so jealous.
2: <laughs> Dude, I've it fits over... You know, you were talking about the sound issue. and we, I mean, might as well bring it up because we're kind of talking about the whole set of... I've got Sony headphones on right now that are full over the ear headphones and the, with an arch that goes over the head. And I can actually slide either the headphones over this or I can leave the headphones on and put this over the headphones. And because of the way this little button works in the back, it's easy to loosen it and tighten it when you're putting it on and off. Um, So I won't have to keep switching my sound back and forth, and and I'll just use my super high-quality Sony headphones. Good.
0: Sounds hot. All right, let's keep moving. Tony Groves, uh, somebody figured out something to 3D print.
6: Yeah, we got some (laughs) magnetic... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> add-on pedals for yeah can you tell i didn't have this one opened up <laughs> um for the for g920 g29 um 3d printed uh i would uh i'd be very interested to know how well these hold up over time
0: um now he even uh posted the sti file uh so to, for you to download so you can 3d print it yourself but it's a little bracket that basically adds a, a magnet to your, shuttle, your paddle shifters to give it more of a feel like it does, feels like it in a real car because the magnet gives it more resistance.
6: Yeah, and you know, if you scour the, uh, the forums and stuff and you'll see, we, you know, we, we've talked about a magnetic uh, add-on for um, made out of Lego, uh, that was a while back. Um, but uh i i've seen some other ones now um i i wonder about you know how long they would last because um you know the stresses and stuff the the uh if you're just using a regular pla it's it's kind of on the brittle side but um it's from the design point it's it looks like it's a, it's a fairly sturdy design and well hell it's it's 3d printed and this is probably i don't know you know like maybe a 3 hour print so even if they do bust after a few months or whatever you're you're not really um you're not really out much but uh no good on him um see a lot of 3d printed stuff uh more and more of it's uh you know showing up on sites like thingiverse and stuff to you know to help out with sim racing and various add-ons and and uh what have you but no this is cool it's good
0: yeah check it out if if that's on the forums. Search the magnetic magnetic add-on for paddles. Uh, next up, I got uh, Feel VR. Where art thou, Feel VR? Well, remember we talked about Feel VR about a year ago. Will you probably remember? But uh, it's been a long time. But Feel VR was a low-cost uh, solution for direct-drive wheels, and they also had pedals. And uh, they had a Kickstarter, uh, wasn't it? Kickstarter, right. And a lot of people uh, put money into that Kickstarter. Well, uh, Jeffrey Ford posted to the forums this week hey, what happened to Phil VR? When is this coming out? And uh, that's a good question. Um, nothing. There is an update in this post, though, from a guy named uh, Dane Kniesick. Uh, he said they have started manufacturing the pedals. They haven't started manufacturing on the wheelbase and the wheels and are working on a prototype.
5: Everything is indefinitely delayed. Now, I'm just running this question by you guys because of my ignorance towards Kickstarters. I've, I've heard of it. But what happens if a Kickstarter doesn't make it through after people have put into it? Is it just a loss on the person? I think you lose your money. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it's like you're investing in a company... Is what a Kickstarter thing really is. You're investing in this product, uh, you know. You're getting them some capital so they can actually proceed, and it's kind of like you're buying into this idea. And if it doesn't pan out, then it, it's kind of like an investment thing. And the whole idea that Feel VR their marketing was, "Hey, uh, buy in now, and you'll get the product really cheap compared to how much it'll be later." You know.
1: I think it was like around. I mean, I think it was around three to four hundred dollars for the wheel and combo kit if you were one of the first ones to sign up yeah it was it a just, cheap price yeah it was just slightly more than your standard g29 or 920 um but like yeah direct no. drive yeah
0: so i've seen uh their posts periodically on facebook and i'm like wow there here's an up and it says update from vlv field vr and then i click the link and it's the same link that they had from a year ago. It nothing there's no update on it, you know. And uh it's kind of ridiculous. All right, let's keep moving. Uh David, Cooler Master has a rig.
2: Yeah, so we have a rig review and its biggest selling point is that it's interchangeable between basically racing mode and uh regular workstation mode. It's supposedly easy to switch having the wheel right in front of you or being able to have the keyboard in a more comfortable position uh as well as a mouse location that's the, that's his biggest selling point but if you look, kind of browse down the forums and i'm sure this will be the first thing you would notice mike the monitors are really far away and so that's very being, uh, far field, off field of view issues uh big so that's time. gonna be the big that's gonna be the big negative on there uh <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the uh the monitor position is an issue i do like the multi-functionality which is why i didn't get monitor stands for my sim labs rig but i don't know that it's monitor a, distance is an issue so
0: it's a planned release for early 2020 it's in a uh, uh, partnership with gtr simulator and it's going to be 999 dollars. and it's not bad except for the fact that the monitors are way far away and uh that's a problem and the monitors are part of the cockpit It looks like they're not like a separate stand so you can get them closer so the design of it is a big fat no as far as I'm concerned
2: that also means that the mon- if you got a monitor a direct drive wheel it's gonna shake those monitors
5: I know yeah so there's a lot of flaws in the logic here even as a workstation that doesn't even look the monitors are way too far away
2: Well, my monitors are pretty far away where I'm sitting. I've got big, I don't don't remember their size. I think they're 27s. Um, They're pretty far away, but that's because I don't need them when I'm racing.
0: Okay. Let's keep moving. We're almost uh, out of time. Greg,
5: Ryzen 3000. Update on prices. So it looks like we've got some details on some some specs on it, and... uh, so just a little bit generalization here of what you got. So the Ryzen 7 3700X is an 8-core, 16-thread, uh, 3.6 gigahertz base with a 4.4 gigahertz boost clock. Uh, it's targeted to go at the 9700K Intel, uh, and it's uh, 329. It's going to retail for 329. Uh, the Ryzen 7 3800X is an 8-core, 16-thread, At uh, 4.5 gigahertz, uh, which is going to target the target the 9900K uh, Intel, and that's for 399. And then the Ryzen 9 3900X, uh, 12 core, 24 thread, uh, 4.6 gigahertz, will go after the Intel 9920X, uh, but it's going to read that one's going to retail for 499. Um so, so these release, are the ones. Yeah, so this is the release date. They're saying the release date is uh the 7th of July. Um and right now that's the only uh Ryzen's that are they're not the only ones in the lineup, but those are the ones that they've announced so far. Um there also was a lack of any information on the Threadripper uh roadmap for the Ryzen series, so but the Ryzen nine um was had uh, uh, seemed to be entering the Threadripper segment uh, for high core count uh, for desktop processors. So maybe okay. they're getting rid of that. Now, you're probably wondering what, why
0: it doesn't sound that great when you hear those specs, but there's a diff- it, apples to oranges thing going on here, guys, with the gigahertz, so the overclocking. So when we say they're 4.4 to 4.6 gigahertz, uh, there's another thing involved called. Uh, IPC, and because of IPC, whatever that is, you actually have to add about 15% of that to compare it to an Intel overclocking speed, and so uh, a 4.1 gigahertz on the AMD is equivalent to a 5 gigahertz on Intel, or a 4.4 gigahertz on AMD is equivalent to a 5.1 gigahertz on uh the amd so these are really fast chips and this is what we were telling you to wait for if you're doing a new computer build
5: now are they saying it's just on these models it's the 15% or is it all amd to i think all the new
0: amds are gonna have that kind of apple to orange 15% increase thing that's some pretty good specs for those prices that's the the really good prices there uh, one, one and this is put out by Philip Morton who we do follow in the forums a lot, and he's really good at this stuff. And he's saying with these kind of specs, and if everything tests out how it should, there's no reason at all to buy an
5: Intel anymore because they're inferior. I so, just hope well, that they. For now, I hope. Right. Yeah, they're just gonna fight each other each time. But I hope they. Uh, What's well, good? I hope they don't. For they us. come
4: out, don't have any problems, and everything goes good for them. Yeah, they won't have that security flaw in them that most of the older Intel chips do either that's slowing them down even more than what they're supposed to be running. All right, uh, one more quick one is Derek Spears
0: Designs uh, has been announced as an official U.S. distributor for SimuCube 2 products. They start with the Sport at $1,200. This is huge, guys, if you're interested in SimuCube to have a U.S. A distributor who will also ship to Canada. Derek Spears is known in the industry for his button boxes and is obviously a
5: reputable SIM dealer. So
0: this is big, big news for SimiQ.
5: Bet you any money he's going to start designing a whole bunch of stuff for these things, too. Not that he already has them, but eventually there's going to be more products to go with this. Oh, yeah. So it's going to come out of his line. I'm sure.
0: All right, let's jump to results. NASCAR iRacing Series, Charlotte uh i ran thursday fixed got a p14 around a lap 100 a guy sideswiped me knocked me into the wall six man six minutes damaged i did hang in there and finish though friday open tony rochette uh, he had a car in front of him hit the wall killed the engine around lap 60 he called it a night uh david you got a p6
2: yeah managed to survive i really can't remember many other details about the race. All right, and
0: Greg, you got wrecked out lap two and called it an early night too.
2: Well,
5: I was more frustrated on that because I was looking forward to, you know, all week you guys had participated in a couple races and I only get the weekends. But what bothered me the most in that was that stupid saying when someone starts the race. Now, guys, it, 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 they came over to the radio and I knew it was going to happen. It, the guys at the front said, now, guys, remember, it's a long race. Take it easy and not... Coming out of turn four to get to the second lap, guys went three wide racing for the lead and and took out probably 10 to 15 cars doing that. And it's like, it's so annoying when guys say it and then just just totally forget it. Okay. Tony, you also got wrecked out.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was going to play the safe mode and I didn't grid, start right on pit road. As I'm coming out of the pit, I guess I just got a little excited and spun the damn car right in the wall (laughs) um but you know what it really didn't hurt me a whole lot except for speed um that part kind of sucked but i mean by i don't know lap 50 or lap 60 i was in the top 10 and like i was i was down on power by quite a bit and then uh somewhere in and around lap 100 um huge wreck uh you know i did everything except you know put myself into a wall to avoid the carnage, and I just couldn't get away from it took me out, blew my motor up, and I was kind of in the same boat as uh as rochette I hadn't um I was just too damn tired I wasn't gonna wait around for the car to get fixed, so I bailed
0: yeah, my race was pretty bad uh for the six hundred i uh I ended up disqualifying out uh, with about 60 to go on the DQ limit of 22. I couldn't keep the car underneath me. I kept wrecking out of four on old tires. Um, I felt like I maybe I, if I would have ran the fixed set, maybe I wouldn't have wrecked as much. I, I don't know if it was – just i I'm sure the set was great, but I just couldn't drive it. Uh, I, I kept wrecking off four, and I don't know what my problem is, but – All right. Sunday open, uh, Tony Rochette got a P12, he had a car come up the track after hitting the wall and take him out. He hung on and let attrition get him up to 12th. Greg, you wrecked out early, uh, it says.
5: Yeah, I was just biding my time and that one actually went right uh, for a bit and wrecked out. I got wrecked, had enough damage, but the car was just slow. It, It wasn't competitive. It was competitive for like two laps and then on the long run it just didn't have any speed and um parked it after 200 laps, I was just, you know, it sucks riding around for that long. Ooh, that's a long one, too. All right, Mason, but he wrecked. Uh, he had
0: a problem with his track IR. It was looking straight down. He saved it for the first time, but it did it again, and he ended up wrecking on the front stretch. He said he threw his hat at it. So that's not helping. David, you also wrecked.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things when... The tighter racing means that it's hard, you're closer to the wrecks when they happen.
0: Yep. Uh, and then Sunday Fix, Tony ran P17, stayed in the top 10 till about lap 267 when second place took out third and they took him out in fifth. So he was running fifth at the time. Let's move to Pocono Brent. He wins the fixed race after qualifying P2. He led 56 laps with zero incidents. Congratulations to Brent McCoy. And then Mason Stiver wins the Open P2 at Pocono. A great race all around. Nice 20-lap run after the initial cautions. Led many laps and battled for the lead. Was leading on the final restart till I drilled the exit on two with four to go. Craig Sykes got the win. I like the package at Pocono.
5: Craig Sykes, he's going to be helping us this week too for the Le Mans.
0: Yep, we've run with him at Daytona 24 before. Uh, Happy to have Craig help us out. But, uh, yeah, he won at uh, NIS at Pocono there, beating Mason. Uh, Brent, he said he finished P2 in the open. He lost the lead with 15 to go, and he tagged the wall out of two. He led 58 laps. Jesse got a P8, caught up in the early lap five. Tunnel turn disaster that destroyed Hall, as well as rode around the back until 15 to go. Picked up off until the last corner and almost had 7th coming to the checker. All right. Thursday open. I got a P12. And I was real happy with that, actually, because I actually lost it off 3. I didn't hit anything about lap 55. I was the first caution. We actually had green flag stops. Eventually, I got the lucky dog. I worked my way back to 12th. Man, I'll take it. I was running 23rd a lap down at one point, and I got the 12th. Let's see, David, you got P six. ran mid pack, <laughs> most race.
2: And then survived some late corners. We had several late cautions, and both of us gained a lot of positions on that. And I did run in the Wednesday open as well and was taken out on lap five when when people just again take everything three and four wide on a sixty lap race. you know it, we just we talk about it, and we talk about it and we talk about it, but people just won't use racecraft in these races they got to go win it on lap one. I think
0: it's if they have a run, they feel like they have to take it.
2: And you don't. I Today, one of the reasons I survived is because I had a run on, on the six car in front of me. Uh, I could have forced it three wide into turn one. We had like 15 laps to go. Forced it into three wide and, and gotten into a hairy situation where somebody was going to screw up. In the, and instead, I went ahead and stayed behind him and just made sure nobody made... Made a run under me and let us get a little bit spread out to where we could race.
0: Yeah, Pocono's not my favorite. I'm happy to just get a, a result and move on to the next week. So, all right, uh, intramural standings, did these update?
2: They did, but also, or, or I guess we're going to official next after the intramural standings. So, Scales holds on to the lead in the open series with Stiver 23 points, Rochette 24 points behind. And we normally don't talk about fourth place, but I'm only 25 points behind. So we got a really tight race still all around there. With the drops. Mm -hmm. And McCoy had an off week this week, but because of the way the drop points work, uh, he actually gained a a, a bit more of a lead. So McCoy has a 25-point lead in the fixed races, with Mike 25 behind and Hall 26 behind.
0: Coming. We're coming. All right, Road to Pro. Uh, Chris, you got P7. Jesse, P7.
4: Yeah, it was, um, I had a good race. Uh, we had a couple. It was the, um, the trucks at Chicagoland. There was uh, a couple cautions early, and then after that, it went green the rest of the way. That's A lot of those road to pro races have been pretty good this year. But, yeah, I just didn't have anything for the front guys, and that's just where I landed, P7.
0: And, Greg, I was kind of surprised you uh, ran Indy and got P2.
5: Yeah, so uh, I've run three Indy races, two Indy 500s and then that Indy Series race, and uh, PSEC, p2 in every one of those races so uh i'm really that, good at that going. track i'm good at the ovals with that car but uh we'll see how the road goes this week they're in detroit uh should be interesting Are you uh, gonna try it oh yeah i've been practicing i'm gonna do it tomorrow afternoon um i think will will gibson's trying to uh you got some races there will that you will uh, want to talk about
1: yeah, I, uh, I can't add to the script, but I picked up a my first win in the MX-5 early this week. Um, I think it split 13 ways. And I made split four, qualified third, and pretty much had the lead by the end of the first lap and ran away with it. That felt really good to kind of knock that one off the list and pick up my first road win. Knock off some rust, huh?
2: I'm excited yeah. to hear you doing road, especially after uh, trying to arrange our 24-hour team. Well, unfortunately, I won't be able to be on
1: this weekend for it, but uh, I also picked up a win earlier today after actually we talked earlier um, in the limited late model. uh, Same situation, qualified third. Um, I don't know. I just couldn't figure it out right in qualifying or practice, but uh, first and second got into each other a little bit at the start. Not too bad. Just enough for me to get underneath them and kind of worked my way through those guys and about two laps to go, almost got into it with two-lap cars. Um, The really hair-raising moment there. And I, by the time at that point I had enough of a lead, I just cruised behind them and picked that win up as well. So it felt, felt real good to get back there in Winter Circle. And, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Nice. Uh, nice run. All right. Uh, ho- uh, League, uh, OBRL, Charlotte, uh,
4: Chris, P wrecked out. Yeah, that one sucked. I had pretty – it was the uh, Charlotte and the K&N car. And had pretty good speed. I was running the top five at the beginning of the race and a couple of the leaders. um, Mixed it up, and I got caught up in that wreck. All right. Let's jump to final thoughts. Chris Gales. Oh, man. It's uh, glad to have Will Gibson back. I think that's about all I have this week. I, I kind of made my day. Made my week.
0: <laughs> Welcome yes. back, Will.
4: Welcome back. Yeah. We're happy to have you
0: um you had to step off the team for a while get your work situation going and now you're back so welcome uh david hall final thought
2: We're going to LeMond this weekend. Um, I'd like to see everybody hop on our Twitches. We're going to be basically taking turns rating each other's Twitch, if you don't know much about what that means. Everybody that's watching somebody's feed, if that feed turns around and rates somebody else's feed, all the people who are watching the channel, not only do they transfer over to the other feed, they they transfer to their chat too. So we'd like to get a a little uh, party going on with, with all the followers and teammates as we, as we run this weekend. Uh, Greg's gonna be starting us off. Uh, we got a schedule running with Greg, me, and Mark, and we're bringing in our friend, Craig Sykes, who's actually helping us tweak the setup a little. Uh, I've run quite a few setups and also did a lesson this week with VRS and learned a lot, especially how to use the the telemetry to find exact uh, problems with my line. So, uh, uh, looking forward to Lamont and hoping Obviously, the, the key to finishing well is is surviving. But we definitely want to be fast and survive, too.
5: Who's going to start?
0: Greg is starting us. Okay, Greg, good luck. We're um, hoping,
5: we hope we get the start from uh, like we did 24 hours a day, I,
0: I did my part, guys. I, I think I helped the team by... Deciding to step out. Uh, I, I just didn't. I had lost my confidence. The more I, you know, I was okay. And then the more I practiced, the worse it got, it seemed to be. But I don't know what my problem is. But uh, I feel better not being in the car. You guys will do great without me.
2: Well, those first few laps are a lot more harrowing than running and jumping in a practice session when everybody's kind of scattered. Okay. Greg
5: Hector's final thought. Um, just to reiterate on what David's saying, we're going to be posting probably not hour by hour, but every couple hours on the tfosi page. And, uh, I think Tony's going to be tweeting out any of the results and stuff that we're doing as we're going to. So just follow us on, um, our Twitch and Facebook page. Um, I want to give a shout out to a, a listener, uh, of the podcast when I was in that indie race, uh, Chris L Peterson. Um, he, uh, was thanking us for what we do on the podcast and, uh, really enjoys it. So I wanted to uh, thank him uh, for acknowledging the podcast and uh, uh, he was a really clean racer to race with too. So I enjoyed that. Um, I'm looking forward to racing this week. I mean, we got the Le Mans. I'm also testing for Detroit in the uh, IndyCar and uh, probably going to run Pocono Friday night and Sunday morning too after Le Mans. So, because I think I'm finishing Le Mans, right, David?
2: as we have it planned yeah you you're running uh two stints early and then a th- well they're triple stints we're going to be basically doing two hour triple stints uh and then you're closing us out
5: so i will be cutting it a little bit tight but we'll, i'll be switching straight over to the cup car afterwards in racing again um david i don't think you plugged your uh twitch but uh you can follow my, uh, me on uh twitch.tv slash frozen cactus uh frozen with two o's cactus two k's uh we'll tweet that out and uh put that on uh facebook as we uh post every this weekend so come join us and uh we'll try and interact with you as much as we can okay tony grows final thought
6: yeah i got a shout out too to uh ian Mork, he uh he's a listener uh from my neck of the woods he's a he's a fellow canadian and actually uh turns out he he's not too far from me um reached out and just want to say and you know he enjoyed the joys the podcast and uh you know really likes uh our, our canadian perspective on things <laughs> um other than that uh will damn glad to have you back man uh it's it's been a while and uh I know we all all missed you. I don't have a whole lot to talk about racing. My race this week sucked, so move on to next.
0: All right, very good. Uh, Will Gibson, final thought.
1: I just want to say I'm really glad to be back. I'm very thankful you guys are letting me back in. I uh, know I kind of disappeared last time, but uh, all the kind words, it really means a lot to me. I'm uh, looking forward to doing, hopefully... A lot more racing this time around and mentally I'm trying to just focus on improving my driving and worrying less about my results and so far it's been doing really good and hopefully we could uh, work together pick up some wins and all kinds of disciplines out here.
0: All right, yes, welcome back we're happy to have you. Um, My final thought uh, shout out to Mason Stiver. Uh, Man, he is rocking this podcast, guys. If you don't know it, he is the man behind the scenes making everything happen. Uh, He's basically co-producing now this with me, uh, and he's doing a fabulous job. Hopefully, you guys have noticed uh, the quality of the podcast is uh, uh, top-notch right now. So thanks to Mason. Doing a great job. Uh, Shout-out to Alex Bergeron coming on. Don't forget this young gentleman is like 18, 19 years old. I don't know how old he is, but he's a young man. And And Canadian. And 66%, you know, winning percentage, guys. We haven't seen a number like that since Ty Majewski. I mean, there's nobody higher, really. And so the kid is going to be the, a guy to watch in the future. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see him in real racing uh, because of that talent. So uh, what a pr- privilege to have him on the show. So thank you to him. Uh, and, boy, I'm glad to be back to regular NIS. I kind of I feel disjointed with the 600, that huge long race. I wasn't running well. I'm back at Pocono. I've got a good finish. And let's go get another one tonight. Let's get it. All right? With that, we'll see you later.